How many know that God can do anything? Man, can I talk about it, Linda, a little bit? Just your thing this week? Just your thing that happened to you this week? I believe in God is able to do anything. And so I got a call this week. Yeah, Linda's been in a head-on collision. I'm going, whoa. We don't know the details. We're kind of in limbo waiting to hear. And she's here today, and she's fine. We're glad for that. The other thing that was so crazy was Ethan was in the car behind her. Is that right? All right. So you witnessed. Either were you in front of Linda or behind her? You say you were behind her, but they say you were ahead of them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you guys talk it out. Whatever. Doesn't matter right now. But you were protected too. You had the instinct to turn into the ditch and avoid the collision. Life can change in a moment. It just reminded me again how fragile life is. How things could change in a moment. But our God is able, and I believe that he kept his hand upon the situation. I believe that the Lord is always at work. He's never sleeping like we have to sleep. God doesn't have to sleep. He never sleeps or slumbers. He's always working in our behalf because he sent the helper, the Holy Spirit. I will go so that the helper, the Holy Spirit, will. that's why he can be everywhere at once. The Holy Spirit is on the other side of the world just as much as he's on this in this place today. He's in other places at the same time. And so we're looking in our text today. It's Philippians chapter 2, a great verse or two that deals with the very thing that Jesus came to this earth, left heaven above, with all the splendor and all the glory and all the perfection. And he humbled himself to become human, born of the Virgin Mary, used as Mary was a vessel. And as he faced, as he grew up, he began to face things. He began to experience things. He began to walk amongst the people. He began to tell the truth. He began to proclaim, my kingdom is here. And he began to set free people that were bound up, that were sick with leprosy, that were blind eyes, that were healed. There were lame people that were made able to walk again. See, our God is a God of restoration. Our God is a God of rebuilding. Our God is a God of new beginnings. We may not understand it all, but he's always at work. He's looking for people that will say yes to him. He desires to dwell in you, yours and, I, and my heart. He dwells, he longs to live and dwell within us. God is always at working. Christ did not come into this world the first time with all the grandeur. He came as a humble baby being born and laid in a manger. 
And the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, he emptied himself, verse 7, taking the form of a bondservant. Bondservant has to do with he volunteered. Military people understand this bondservant. They volunteered. They signed up. They enlisted. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, which was, was a miserable death, was a shameful death. But Jesus came in those time periods for us, for you and I, because he knew there was old, that was the only way, and he was obedient. And I'm so glad. You are so glad today that he's made that choice for you and I. And now we are making the choice to serve him, to walk with him, to look to him. He's, his name is that name by the scripture that says, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not everyone believes this today. The day will come when they shall see him. They shall see him, and the day will come when we shall see him, and we shall be changed. We're going to have a heavenly body. We're going to be made right and made righteous for heaven. Amen? God is good. He's for us. He's for the church. He's coming back for the believers, and I want to be a part of that group, and I know you do too. God is always at work. We don't understand circumstances of this life. We can only see a part. We only walk by what we learned about last Sunday, walking by faith. We only see part of the picture. And God sees the beginning to the end. It's a wonderful thing to know that God has in control of this earth. God is in control of America. He will have the ultimate call. He is the need for our America today and around the world. I want us to look at verse 12, this wonderful verse or two here. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Paul is talking to the church. Paul is, Paul is talking to those he helped disciple. He says, work out your salvation with fear. Notice he didn't say work for your salvation. There's no way we can work hard enough, be good enough to earn our salvation. He has purchased our salvation. He, his blood was that which was needed to be shed for our salvation. So now we're not going to work for it, but he said work it out. Work out your salvation with, in other words, as the process has become the Christ, we begin to learn what it is, what it means to walk with him. We begin to learn to hear his voice. It's always a challenge. We're always being challenged by all the voices and all the messages that are coming at us in this world today. We must take time with him in order to hear his voice. Sometimes it's just like I felt him speak to me this week. It was as simple as this. Be still and know I am God. To be quiet. To be still in his presence. To understand that there is, we are likened to be batteries. And some of you guys may understand this. And some of you girls will probably understand this too. So when the car doesn't start, 
And it goes click, 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 or doesn't, doesn't do even anything. Click, click, or what's usually the problem? The battery's dead, or there's a faulty connection. And so for us to be charged, for our batteries to stay charged, we need to get on the, the, the alternator of the Lord, or the charger of the Lord himself, and said, if you will seek me, you will find me. If you will wait upon me, Isaiah said, you will mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You see, we have a culture that is 120 miles an hour, seven days a week, 24-7. There's traffic on the road. Have you, have you ever noticed it doesn't seem to slow down much, maybe a little. But growing up in the country where I grew up, if you saw somebody go on the road, you jumped up to look who in the world's driving by here. Well, we lived so far out, you know, we weren't, I'm just exaggerating. We were only eight, nine miles, whatever out. But things were different back then, a little bit less traffic. Calvin, you remember the days when there was less traffic. It was kind of nice. You could go and just enjoy. But we're living in a, a faster-paced life. But you know what? God wants us to wait on him. Take him with us. Take him, take him with you on the roads. And I believe, Linda, you had the Lord with you this week. And Ethan, you had the Lord with you this week. And you're here. I'm so glad. Life would be a lot different. It could be a lot different. Because the scripture says it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Before I get to this next verse, I want to just say a couple of things. God is working in us. God is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. If you ever wonder, what's God's will for my life? Young people growing up, we, that was a popular subject in its day. Well, how do I know God's will? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? I say by this, start by loving God first. That's the greatest commandment. Just love the Lord. And it, all of a sudden, things begin to work out. Things begin to happen otherwise. And in fact, you begin to learn what your gifts are. What, is, what are you good at? What is it that you're passionate about? And it's, chances are that's probably the way God has wired you, the way God has made you, and he wants you to use your gifts. And so we can walk knowing that we're pleasing to the Lord and doing what God has called us to do. The greatest thing, the greatest commandment, actually are two, love God, love your neighbor. They never change, do they? In fact, Jesus summed it all up, all the, all the commandments, if you love God and love your neighbor. Wouldn't it be a different world? Wouldn't it be so much better if everyone was living by that rule? I am so glad. Because the next verse, I don't know why he slips this in here, but evidently there must have been a little murmuring, a little complaint, because he says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Yeah, so when you do your job, 
do sometimes is, have you ever grumbled? Come on, come on. Just a little, a little, oh man. We don't, we are not perfect, but their time will, why do we, have, you know, it's a little mundane. Sometimes life is over and over and over the same things. But there are things that God gives to us that we look forward to, that we get excited about, because God is going to stretch us. God is going to change within. If you would ask me 35 years ago, I think it'd be about in there, probably a little more, probably 40. I don't like to admit my age. 61. I was petrified to think about the ministry. Think about standing and talking. I literally had a speech in high school which was supposed to be two minutes turned into about 15 seconds. I remember my face literally burning red. Just terrified. That was my nature, personality. But little by little, God began to change me. As I began to feel the call of God in my life, at about age 18, 19, especially. And it was really starting to become, how do you know? I begin to hunger and want to know more truth. I wanted to know the scripture, to begin to read, which was not my thing. So I kind of got by through high school because I didn't like sitting in the class. I'd rather be outside. But God was wanting me to know him. And God began to do a work in my heart so that the fact of the matter is he changed me so that I began to do the things he was calling me to do. Yes, they felt a little scary. Yes, they felt a little uncomfortable. But as he kept, kept going forward, God be, can, continued to re, reassure, continued to confirm, continued to give you the strength. And how many understand, if you don't exercise muscles, you lose them. So we have to step out and begin to walk. And if we're going to learn how to walk, we have to take that first step. And I'm so glad I did, because it's, it's a great thing to know that you're following after God. I'm sure that I've missed it. I'm sure that I've messed up many times. And that God is so gracious to give us a new beginning. And so it comes back to this whole attitude thing. It's all about what we get to do, not what we have to do. Amen? You start putting on that kind of an ad, what do I get to do today, Lord? <laughs> you become adventurous. God begins to lead us. It's an adventure. It's a never a dull moment. 
And there are days when you don't know how you're going to make it through. You don't know how you're going to make it through the next stage or the next thing and the next step. You don't know how God's going to do it, but you just have this underlying feeling that God's going to help me. Somehow I'm going to walk in his grace and his mercy and in his faith, his faith that, that is a faith that substance of things hopeful, convictions of things not seen. You don't even see it, but you believe it. You don't see him, as the scripture says, but you believe in him. There's one who is coming for his church that said, I will come back again. Go and make disciples. Go and tell other people about me. Train them up in the things of God. It's fun. Relationships, relationships, relationships. God is into relationship with him. God is into the relationships, brother and sisters in the Lord. God is in relation to the world, to people that need the light of Jesus. So now we get further down in this text, and we read here that you may prove yourself. One of the greatest ways you can witness is doing your work as unto the Lord on the, in the workplace. I believe that believers are the best workers because the Lord is helping them. Wherever you served, wherever you ever, whatever you're doing, whatsoever your hand findeth to do, you do it with all your might. And see what's happening in verse 15, that you may prove yourself to be blameless, innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Wow, isn't that something? We got a messed up world, right? See, without God, man messes it up royally. Without God, we begin to do it our way. We begin to interpret truth through our own opinion. But the Bible is speaking to us, verse 16, hold fast the word of light. So that in the day of Christ, I may have glory to I make, have caused to glory because I did not run in vain. Well, one, of the, one of the things that Paul often said, I hope my labor is not in vain. And when he would go out and preach around different countries, different places, he would start the church, put people and sign them in different places, and then he'd write a letter back to them to encourage them, and then he'd hope that the, he'd hear a response that they were still going on. It was like it was his, his children. It was like his, his own very flesh and blood. He's always. See, Paul wasn't always that way. If you know his history, Paul was not a good person when he started out. Before he accepted Christ, he was actually against God. He was doing things that were destroying the work of God. He was destroying believers. He thought he was in the right until Jesus opened his eyes and he saw light. He literally saw the light of Jesus and he was broken. He was blinded physically for a while, but the real miracle happened within his heart. And when he got up from that place, he had a different perspective on the things of God. He had a different view of who God is. He had a relationship that was real, that he, had, he was able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
And so Paul changed his life, began to follow after Jesus. Verse 17 says this, I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and the service of your faith. I rejoice and share my joy with you all. And you too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. It's such a wonderful thing to know that you are just trusting in Jesus. When you started out in this life, you maybe never anticipated what you would have to face. And the further you go along, it seems like we have questions, why God, why God, why God? And you know what, that's okay. You can be brutally honest with the Lord, and he, he can handle that. But just like God is saying, you, you don't have to know the question. You don't, know, you don't have to know the answer to the questions you have right now. All I want you to do is trust me right now. All, I, all I'm asking of you is just to keep one foot in front of the other and go for it day by day. And see, Jesus said these words, every day has enough trouble of its own. How many phone that out? You don't have to go looking for trouble. Things don't last forever. I mean, everywhere we go, there's things that are deteriorating. We build something new, and it's just a matter of time. We've got to put something back into it to freshen it up. It's a law of gravity. It's a law of nature. And I'm so glad that Jesus' mercies are new every morning. And he has a place for you and I. And he wants us to come before him in that simple childlike faith and say, Lord, here I am. No matter what happens this day, I'm going to trust you. I realize that you see the beginning to the end. The psalmist said, before there's a word in my tongue, behold, thou dost know it all. The psalmist said, 139, verse 16, thine eyes have seen my unformed substance in thy book. They were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. In other words, God has plans for you. God has a plan for your life. And it's, it's a matter of trusting him day by day. And I believe that we can get, we can, did, we can, we can get to the end of our life and realize, you know what? Looking back now, I understand. And sometimes we won't understand. One of the greatest verses that has freed me up on a lot of things, me personally, is Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to God, that the things he's revealed to us belong to you and I. There are things we will never know, we will never understand, but he is the God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. forever. There is an appointed time, Hebrews 9, 27, if the Lord should tarry, there's an appointed time for men to die, and after this comes the judgment. I am here to give you good news. You don't have to face death alone. You and I don't have to face that valley alone because he goes through the valley of the shadow of death. He's on the other side waiting for you and I. Death for the believer is a new beginning. It's the real life that begins to kick in on your glass. Say amen. Say something. <laughs> You're there.
How's my attitude? How's your yours and eyes, yours and my attitude? I think it was Chuck Swindoll who said, 10% is life, what happens, and 90% is attitude about it. I, I may not be able to change my circumstances, but with the help of the Lord, I can, I can have a good attitude, which helps me rise above and helps me to take things as they come. You see, everything, we start out as a young baby, and we grow and we're young and everything is new and fresh, a lot, of, a lot of fun, a lot of energy. But everything has its season. Everything, nothing stays the same. My dad who lived to be 97 said, all things come to an end. He was sitting out here. <laughs> and just the way he said it, he makes me chuckle because, you know, he's just simple, a simple, humble man who, was introduced to Jesus in his young manhood, who learned the power of the Holy Spirit early in his life, and rode motorcycle in the dead of the winter to the west coast just to look for a job, only to get homesick and turn around and come back. That was my dad. And then he began his, his farming career in Aiken, where, my, where he met my mother, who was saved as a result of a church plant who was, was started by my brother's, my, my dad's brother. Thus, my family was interrupted by the wonderful Lord and Savior, and I've had the privilege to grow up in a Christian home. Not everyone has that privilege. But I'm here to tell you this, no matter how old or how young you are, Jesus wants to live and come into our hearts. And you don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. Be simply be the one person you are and allow Jesus. I want to encourage you. If you've never prayed the prayer, Jesus, come into my life, I want to encourage you to pray that prayer. We're going to pray that prayer in a simple, in, in simple format. And you, in the quietness of your own heart, this may be your opportunity. Musicians, you guys can come back. That'd be great. The point is this. God wants to work in you and I. He wants to do a work in your heart because he has plans for you. He wants to work through you. He not only wants to save you and I, he wants to save your neighbor. He wants to save those people that are strung out on drugs. He wants to save those people that have never heard the gospel, who have never had an adequate witness. That's why we, that's why we keep on. Long story short, I was getting a, I was over to a place in way over in Oregon, and I know I never go any place. I'm not like Emily who likes to travel. But it was it was encouraged by the district. If you're going to start a church, we want to invest in you. I want you to go to boot camp, which was church planning boot camp. And we, it was a beautiful thing. When we got there, it was in a beautiful setting of mountains in the background and a beautiful little place. But what was more beautiful, there was every, just about every denomination was represented in that church plant. 
Because God uses the Presbyterians, he uses the Baptists, he uses the Lutherans, he uses anyone who's willing to speak the name of Jesus and love people. There was that kind of a cross-pollination going on amongst the groups. Begin to realize and respect each other's ministries. It was there that they challenged us by this. There was one special, especially a speaker who had, he had done a lot of church planting, but he likened one of his illustrations to this. He kind of had a military background. And some of the military people are trained to go into the enemy territory and begin to pull out people or begin to rescue people. And what he said was, what if, if we don't go, who will? I said, stuck with me. God, are you calling me to a different place? God, are you calling me to start a different work in a different place, in a strange place? And we did. We begin to step out, not really knowing for sure how it's all going to go. And here we are, 23 years, going on 23 years later. Anna wasn't even born then, but I'm glad she was born. And I'll say this again. I mentioned this maybe a month or more ago, but one of the best things that have happened in our marriage is having children. You can't put a price tag on it. And so God teaches us to go get us children, to reach your neighbor, love your people, love people on the job. You appear as lights. The darker this world gets, we're going to shine brighter. And we're going to rise above. And we're going to come out amongst them and be separate because he has a plan. Let's pray just a moment, then we'll lead that song. Lord Jesus, right now we come to this moment. And I said earlier we're going to pray a prayer. Jesus, I want you to just believe this with me. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I recognize I can't save myself. But I accept what you have done on the cross. And so I pray, Lord, come into my heart afresh in a new way. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And with your help, Lord, with your encouragement, with people of God around me, with the Word of God, I can grow and grow and become stronger and do that what you called me to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. We're going to sing.